This is the intersection of assistive, educational, and information technology. Whether it's technology for inclusive classroom learning or tools for community success, technology can promote independence and inclusive technology has become more available for everyone. Welcome to the Inclusive Technology for All podcast with your host, Mike Murata. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to episode 76 of Inclusive Technology for All. We will continue on with our uh, series of the audio from the assistive technology town halls that happen every Monday. Uh, lots of great conversation, lots of great resources, lots of good uh, information shared by the people on there. I always appreciate everybody coming on and sharing so freely with all their info. Uh, one thing I wanted to share before I drop into the audio is I am um, helping to organize a virtual assistive technology expo. And if you're listening to this as it comes out, uh, the expo is going to happen on May 20th, 2020. Uh, It's through a contract I have with the New Hampshire Department of Education. Uh, It's completely virtual, all through Zoom and and Google Hangouts and Microsoft Teams. So it has a whole variety of ways we're going to connect, but basically all virtual. Uh, 25-minute sessions, AT presentations, uh, EdCamp conversations, vendor sessions. Uh, it's really shaping up to be a pretty great day. Uh, it's going to run from 10 to 3 Eastern on the 20th. And if you want more information or to register for um, the event, that way we can keep you updated with some changes as we get closer. Uh, the link for that is bit.ly slash atexpo520. So that's bit.ly slash atexpo 520. Uh, thanks. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to turn the captions on. Hey, everybody. Or sun, everybody. Welcome to May 11th. I couldn't think of what today's date was. May 11th, uh, our AT Town Hall. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I see a handful of people in the in the chat in the uh, participant list only three brave souls in the videos that's okay we'll get some of you sucked in at some point feel free make sure you turn your camera on turn your microphone on be participating in any way you want it's okay by us i feel like we've done this for like six months now that's me these are all hosted by the assistive technology advocacy center in new jersey Welcome. I'm the director of that center. That's my blurb that I usually say. It's much better. If you want to hear a better one, go back to an older week and you'll hear me explain it nicely. Here's people who could be on the panel. Some of them are here. Some are not. Maybe some will pop in. Karen's already threatened to leave in 10 minutes, so she'll be here for just a little bit. Not a threat. Eh, It was more of a statement. It was less of a a threat. (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to participate because this is really about us and everybody just chatting. So uh, hopefully you have something you want to ask. Karen had something we started before uh, we hit record. Maybe we'll talk about that first, Karen, and we'll see what other people hear. Uh, We have some resources to share. There is a crowdsourced Google Doc. So that's at bit.ly slash remote access for all, the number four. Uh, don't forget the AT Chat website where all of these nice recordings live of all these great town halls and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, we're trying to make that a nice resource site, so we just keep adding to it. If you have something you'd like to see on there, let us know. And Kelly and Alyssa will webmaster it right up for us. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe not right up, but they'll webmaster it for us. Uh, if you're interested in an, a virtual AT Expo, look, there it is on the wall over there give you a sense of how, how far it's coming along. Uh, that is happening on May 20th. It's part of a grant that I have with the New Hampshire Department of Ed along with Jen Savage. And we are doing this virtual expo, which has 25 minute presentation sessions, 25 minute ed camp sessions, 25 minute vendor presentations. So you get the, the flow there, 25 minutes long. Short little sessions. Uh, you can kind of pop in and out all day long. There are five tracks of sessions for nine sessions and some quick math tells me that's 45 um, along with three different tracks of vendor sessions so quite a few things you could pop in and out of throughout the day Um, so the link is at that uh, website Uh, that takes you to the eventbrite which is bit.ly slash atexpo520 
and the Eventbrite will have the link to the online schedule that you can look at too. The All grid right. is amazing on your wall. And what's it looks good, right? Wow. I need to see fabulous. things on the wall. I can't I can't look at them on a spreadsheet. I need to see it in real life so I can move things around. Yeah, but that I like it too. It makes me smile when I say it. It looks cool. <laughs> All right, so that was all the, the nonsense we do in the beginning. So let's get started. How is everybody? Karen, you want to share your your question from uh, before we started the recording? Sure. I was wondering um, what people, uh, what local districts are deciding about next fall, or even if that conversation is happening. I know it's happening locally here. So I'm just curious what other districts are thinking. for our district. Hi, Karen. Um, Hi, for our district, we're preparing for three options. So we are talking about fall, but we're talking about like at our meeting this morning um, with special education, it's that we come back fully as we did, you know, with no social distancing, a social distancing option, what that might look like, shifts, not shifts, I, you know, different grade levels, AM, PM, you know, all sorts of different in between the options and then totally virtual again. So we're talking about all of that and there's definitely some uncertainty about um, extended school year and summer school services and what's happening with that and how exactly that's going to be delivered. So um, our school board did just determine that our, we normally end, um, our regular calendar was to end June 19th um, but the school board had voted and agreed to allow the students last day to be um, June 12th and then the last week would be um, some professional learning and um, think that might look like we don't really know is probably some trauma informed practices um, probably some distance learning practices um, and then certainly delivering um, curriculum and content in this format so it's still really all up in the air but we're trying to be really bendy <laughs> and flexible because we just don't know and it's gonna be like it's like a hurry up and wait it kind of feels like you're at the airport right because you like hurry up and you get in your cohort and you wait in line but then it's like okay now I can't go to the bathroom now I can't get a drink of water I just stand here until they call my group so it's kind of we're in that pattern yeah. I don't know if anybody else is the same, but that's sort of where we are. Yeah, thanks, Lauren. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's where a lot of people are, right? It's too it, it's too soon to even know. So you, like Lauren said, you you prepare these kind of parallel tracks yeah. that allow you to kind of hop and move around them uh, depending on what happens. I also and think we're, we're all going to be in different spots come September, all of our yeah. places where we live. So who knows what it's going to be like. And we're really just now having that final, yes, we are in fact doing virtual extended school year services. So we haven't really even jumped. I'm sure there are conversations happening that I'm not privy to mm -hmm. the next year, but we really haven't even jumped there yet because our school year ends at the end of the month. So whatever the 20, whatever the last Friday after Memorial Day is, that's how our traditional school year was set to end. We haven't altered it at all. And then we'll jump right into extended school year for the majority of June. So we really haven't looked past that yet. Hmm. There it is, Karen. You stumped. Yeah, everybody. conversations, but of course everything's up in the air. I like your uh, your analogy, Lauren. <laughs> it's like waiting at the airport in line. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, just as an aside, do you know the airlines are finally doing what they should have done in the first place? And now they're boarding people from the back of the plane, row by row. <laughs> it just took a little, for, they used to do it. Yeah, <laughs> a it little aside, I just saw that the other day, and I was in. like, "Well, duh! Why are we not doing that?" Well, all right, it's another story. <laughs> logic, Mike. It's, it's logic. logic. It's, yes, of course, that makes perfect sense. But all right, that's fine. Until I'm a million mile person, and then I get to sit first. I don't care. I'll I'll wait for my row. <laughs> I, I brought up something at the beginning that I think is worth talking about because I it, there's probably going to be, a, if I can use the word spectrum, of mm -hmm. kids that do and don't come back to uh, school. So what I was saying is, as a physical therapist, 
many of the students I work with in that role require um, close contact for bathroom feeding, mm -hmm. uh, management, even moving them around the school, walking them, or, or pushing a wheelchair. And I'm I'm expecting if our state continues with social distancing guidelines, or the district determines that's the way to do it many of these kids will probably not be able to come to school because there's no way to maintain that. And unless the district wants to be responsible for PPE and kind of medical grade care, I think we may end up with some kids who continue on distance learning, uh, either because their own immune system won't handle it or because of the risk it poses to staff. And then we have other kids coming that are maybe at a staggered, maybe they're two days a week, three days a week. So I'm trying to prepare myself for all of those possibilities, uh, but I don't think distance learning is going to go away. The population that we that it is delivered to may change over time, though. Yeah, we're we're fully prepared for there to be a gigantic increase in hospital homebound students, both for educational needs and for therapy needs. There's something else to consider, and that's at least in my districts, the majority of the assistants who are working with those students are either older or uh, have some pre-existing health condition, diabetes, uh, post-cancer, something else. So uh, that's a, you have to figure out how to parse this stuff out. You can't just dump, I, I, I guess maybe I'm, I'm dumping it on you guys, but I feel like you can handle it. But when I talk to administrators, it's like, okay, which topic am I going to bring up? this week because they're already thinking about so much. And many of them have thought through this, but there's, when you start to dig into what it's going to take to get our most severely disabled population, ones who really benefit from being out of the house and being back in school, it's gonna be a big lift. Yeah, it is, I think. And, and to kind of piggyback on that, Bruce, I think that another thing too is, what's the procedure for a family that says to a school, I don't want my child back in school. I want you to continue to distance teach them. And it's a personal preference. And then are schools gonna be prepared for that? Um, and are they going to accept that? I think that's kind of an interesting piece too. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and again, no answers, just more thoughts about it. It's kind of an interesting, um, dilemma it's not even a dilemma just an issue that will pop up um, yeah any administrators in the chat in the um in the group today wait i'll look see if i know anybody offhand <laughs> so you we'll call, call them out <laughs> no, it's a good call i'm just gonna turn their camera on <laughs> we should just call out rachel just because you want to where is she she's in there. Hey, you can call me out but you have to give me a pay raise for being an admin <laughs> yeah, that's fair <laughs> yeah so i don't i don't know the questions of what what's going to happen there um it's kind of interesting it's more of those isn't it funny like we had not even you know you go back and i think about the conversations we've had in this weekly chat as we've started and then kind of worked to this another this next phase and then that's like the next phase that now we're just finally starting to talk about, which makes so, me think people are comfortable with some of those other phases now. So the thing that's interesting too is this is really disruptive edu disrupted education and I'm not telling anyone anything they don't know. But what's interesting is in previous years, they couldn't do like a 15 minute recess because that cut into mm -hmm. teaching and learning time because they had to be what, 950 hours a year that you had to do. So a 15 minute chunk of recess every day would interfere with that. And look at what we're doing now. It's just so different. So I think it's gonna really upend some of those state department of ed um, decisions and edicts that come down. Yeah. And I don't even know how many edicts we're seeing coming down quite yet, to be honest. I don't, I don't really see many in my state, um, right? And Bruce shook his head. No, I, I don't really see. I, I was on, a, I was on a, a webinar with the New Jersey Department of Ed the other day as a participant, just sitting there. Um, it wasn't like me part of it, but um, I didn't hear a lot of answers and I didn't hear a ton of guidance either. I heard kind of a piecemeal 
we hear somebody's doing this, we hear somebody's doing that, we hear a lot of districts are not doing this, and so they just kind of had these little, what I would call these little disconnected morsels of information. They weren't even good enough to call them nuggets of information, they were morsels. Um, but no real kind of thought out plan. And that was concerning a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's happening in our state too, although they are saying districts, you do have to teach, you do have to teach new concepts right. because for a long time people were just saying, oh, you know, just re review what you've already done. And DESE, the Department of Elementary and Special um, Secondary Education, finally did say, no, you do need to be teaching and you do need to be meeting the needs of your students on IEPs. But up until then, it was really open-ended. Yeah, and I, and I feel like that was that was a beginning thing, right? That was an that was that in the very beginning, like uh, you just just hang tough and just review, and then people realize, oh no, we're going to be out for a while. We better do something yeah. new, and now we just continue on this thought. I don't know. Anybody else thoughts on this? Thank you all. Yes. I do have to run. It's great to see everybody. See you Wednesday night at AT Chat, maybe. Okay, Karen. All right. right. I'll see you there. Thanks. See ya. Bye. Bye, Karen. All right. Who was going to jump oh in? God, I'm sorry, Karen jumped off. And uh, this is Jen. Hey, Jen. <laughs> in, uh, Massachusetts. Like, so now, I mean, there's some good things happening, but still not um, uh, related services are not pro providing direct online support. And Jen, that just blows my mind because I, I don't know how they're saying like every other part of the IEP has to be implemented, but those therapy services and yes, what, is it hard to kind of shift sometimes people's mindsets to teletherapy? Trust me, that was my entire month of March and April. I get it. It's hard, but like just because it's hard, does that mean we don't have to do it? I, yeah, I don't understand the logic, I guess, behind it, or the non-logic. No logic. I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's probably good Karen left, because this would make her spit nails, because we're both in Massachusetts. <laughs> uh, it's, 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 I guess in some ways there's good things in that there's this intense consult model, and they're offering consult services with the teachers, but there isn't, there's this weird disconnect. They're not connecting, um, directly with families and that uh, even for you know it's so disheartening because yeah. like my therapist that's probably one of the gigantic silver linings they've found is they've been able to build rapport with families in a way that we were not doing when their kids were in school because their families were so disconnected from what was happening so we have parents that are like oh I never knew you used that one sentence to help them remember their self-regulation strategy, their calm down strategy. That's really great. I tried it this lot, like those little things that weren't happening before. I think that's part of, you know, my therapist, like silver linings. It's, it's part of their successes that they share every week is, you know, we were able to, to help a parent. And I had therapists ask, you know, parents are asking about following routines at home. And I said, I absolutely can make a case for that being school-based. Like, we're going to stretch a little, but like this to me, if, if it's following routines, that's a skill we need at school. So I don't care what routine it is. You're helping support that family follow. Like, just do it. Make that visual schedule and help them do it. And I think that's been super helpful. You know, it has not been easy to pivot some of our therapists, but like the, the thought that they could just say it it's hard so we're not going to do it like I, again like i don't understand that like i i have therapists that were the biggest skeptics in the beginning that were like this is not going to work and they're like this is going way better than i thought it would and i really am enjoying this see i'm a school-based ot in connecticut and we're going to start doing some teletherapy our problems that we're finding are number one the parents are incredibly overwhelmed yeah. they don't even want to hear from other people at this point what they've been really focusing on are a lot of Google Meets for the classroom. So I've been tagging along a little bit with that. The other problem is, is that finding time in these kids' days, as well as our days. Our days are filled with meetings, uh, webinars like this, doing going to things like this, PPTs that we had to make up from behind, plus all the ones are hitting. 
And the amount of kids that we have to do is insane because we, I work with a CODA and CODAs are not, um, according to Medicaid, they can't be paid. So I have to see the kids and we can't group them. We can't, so it's very overwhelming. That's, and that's state by state because in yeah. Florida, CODAs and PTAs can, can serve. And we're caring less about whether Medicaid can reimburse and more about whether they can serve the kids. So if it happened that our CODA couldn't serve and be reimbursed by Medicaid, we would still have them serve and we just would not be reimbursed for Medicaid by then. Hmm. But that yeah. must be state by state because, yeah. and that's yeah. unfortunate. Thank you, I think it's good to share that. Like it's more than just, um, it's not that it's just hard, it's like it is complicated too. And I'm worried about when parents do start going back to work, how are we supporting the, these kids like Jenna and our students with more significant needs I just think there's so much more to keep sharing what is working and what might be possible and it's so different state to state I and mean, my good friends in OT in Rhode Island she's providing uh, telehealth services for families and pretty much has been from the beginning so it's just so there's so many complex factors in trying to provide these services, I think just keep getting the word out and presenting and sharing what's working. Mm -hmm. Folks will co are coming around, um, but it's it's overwhelming. I'm sure you feel like you work more than you ever have. All of us are feeling like you work so much. Yeah, it's definitely so overwhelming. Much. And it's also that point of, it, it doesn't it mirror what we think about with AT services also? And Alyssa, I'll use you as the example, because um, I see at the little bottom of my screen there. Um, Alyssa's district's doing this, is the district right next door doing this? Right. Um, there are more districts in Florida than are not, yeah. but not every district is. Right. Um, and so it, it's similar to how we think of assistive tech services a lot of times. It's it's pockets that I think it's getting done. I I, I think we're having the same issue. Um, you know, I, I I'll go back to that webinar I was on. The person from the state mentioned that there were no districts doing related services remotely. And I'm thinking, well, that's weird because I serve a district that's doing it. So I think they are doing it. So I think, again, there's the disconnect is that I, I don't know if it's reached a critical mass yet where people go, oh, that's how you could do it. I think you have innovative people. Sounds like assistive tech services, by the way. You have innovative people who figure it out and do a really great job of getting it done but then there could be someone right next door who's not doing it at all because they haven't had that spark of creativity or innovation to go like, oh, that's how I could do this. Well, and I think until people see or hear, I mean, we had some therapists that were hesitant at the beginning mm -hmm. and it was our other therapists that had just jumped out and tried it and said, okay, this is great. But, and that's not to say that every single kid is getting the exact services that were on their IEP. Right. In the very beginning, we went out to them and said, what do you need? You know, we're willing to provide, we can provide teletherapy, but if you're in a place where paper materials and, and phone call supports is working for you, that's what we're going to provide. And I'd have to go look at the response rate, but I mean, we have a significant amount of families that, that elected teletherapy and had the technology. We do have an equity problem in our district, mm -hmm. like everywhere else where it's not possible. And those are kids that next year we're going to have to have some hard conversations about what do we have, what do we do about that that lack of of services during this time? Did the data show that they regressed? Did I mean I think we're going to have we're going to have bigger conversations, just like we're going to have more kids on hospital homebound next year because they're not going to come back to school. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to have some kids that did have significant regression, not just in therapy worlds, but in all in all cases that we have to look at how do we do that like in some schools cross school remediation because right. they missed six months right but you know you said a key piece there Lissa. you talked about communication you guys reached out to the parents and figured it out you started the conversation some of the best emails i've gotten back from this district i'm in are just like no i'm good now but i'm glad that you asked me if i'm good um and at least i know that i could reach out if i had to we've been doing these parent meetings uh, at like 4.30 and 7 o'clock trying to figure out what works best. Little nugget of info. 7 does not work. 4.30 works perfectly. 7, I sit there by myself and stare at the screen. Um, but at 4.30, 
people just pop in. They're eating dinner. They come in. We're like, oh, what do you need help with? They're like, nothing. I'm just going to listen for a little bit. Great. Cool. That's perfect. Um, and then they get a little something. And they're like, oh, I never knew that that was something we had. And we're showing them tools that we have already in district. Like, the, by the way, you have access to this. All you got to do is turn it on. Uh, and so those were good. Um, but we've had people, and, and it's been a nice kind of feedback loop back to the director. The director has gotten emails from parents. These are the same parents that have sued the district in the past. And, and she had said, when I see an email from them, before I read it, I get a little tense. Um, and it's emails saying, thank you for doing this. And I really appreciate you making sure that we are okay on our end. Um, and I think when you do that, like any other time where we do effective communication. You do that, and it makes everything that happens after it run just a little bit smoother. People are willing to give you a little flexibility, a little leeway. They're willing to work collaboratively a little bit because they see you opening that collaboration up. Um, and I don't think every school's doing that. I think some schools are hiding. And it's the please, please don't email me, please don't email me today. Um, and they're just waiting for the shoe to fall, uh, that other shoe to fall. So I don't know, it's interesting. All right, so now Lauren, I know you go to bed at seven o'clock. <laughs> Not you, but I'm assuming it's everybody. Okay, I'm assuming little ones. I thought it might be Lauren. I don't want to judge Lauren, that's fine. <laughs> I wish I could go to bed at seven o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the two things that have been successful, and this is both for PT and AT have been uh, teaming with already established meetings and in for some of the um, pretty severely uh, involved kids they have check-ins with uh, with their favorite uh, assistant so I've been joining those what I found was when I sent out communication to families and said is there something I can do to help I was mostly thinking along the PT line with equipment you have at home or nothing came back when I started joining the meetings with the assistants while I'm on they're like Oh, can you take a look at this? Yeah. And I, I think it does relate to they only have a limited amount of time and the their child seeing this assistant is such a positive thing that I'm I already am getting in on something that is uh, looked forward to. Right. Um, mm -hmm. And the other has been putting content either for specific students or for entire classes in uh, teacher seesaw and uh, Google Classroom. So looking for exercise sheets, exercise videos, uh, things you can do with a laundry basket. Someone uh, had, had some posting. And the feedback I've been getting on those is that the kids are really enjoying them. The teachers like having the additional activities. And if I have something that's very specific, I can just send it to that student, either in Seesaw or Classroom. So that's been better than me trying to do something on my own. I'm trying to, just like in, as a related service, I'm not a standalone service. I'm trying to achieve the same thing that I was doing previously. Exactly. How can we infuse what we do into the experience? Yeah. And, and I think it was Mickey said, it, let's not create more work for someone, but let's find a way to kind of piggyback and provide some support as we go. Yeah, I think it's a great point. That's awesome. Anybody else? Lauren, what time do you go to bed? <laughs> what the heck? Huh? Oh, um, it varies. It's <laughs> checking. I don't know. <laughs> well, sometimes I'm just so exhausted that if I try to sit on the couch, then I like to fall asleep at like nine o'clock, and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my gosh, ten thirty. I have to start making lunches and getting to the next day, and then I'm up to like one in the morning. So, whenever you can sneak it in, is I when agree. That I agree 100%. <laughs> Sneak them in whenever you can. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's funny. I had one I'm early risers. So, you know, oh, they're like, early? Oh, just beat bad. them awake, you know, wake up at five o'clock. I'm like, well, they're up by 5.15 or 5.30. So that's unfortunate. <laughs> like the IV of caffeine or something or just, um, I don't know, exercise. Early, early rising is not good in my book. I don't like that. <laughs> We have the nighttime gummy, which is the melatonin gummy, and that has made a huge difference. <laughs> nice. That's the way to do it. Night vitamin. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, I had one thought for a conversation topic, only because it, it started to come up in some of the conversations I had with teams. So you guys get suffer, you guys suffer because I have these conversations with teams. Um, 
what are some of the things we're doing to support all of these executive function needs um, throughout this process? Are, do you have strategies in place? Um, are you talking with educators about ways they can ensure that they are being constructive in how they lay out their expectations for students and giving them tools and strategies to help manage this, the, all these projects? Um, I watched a parent on, a, on a, one of those meetings the other night um, scroll through because she shared her screen, um, scrolled through three different Google Docs that all had links in them that she had written for herself. And we were trying to find the one link that we had sh that I had shared with the group, uh, and she couldn't find it. She said, wait a second, I think it's on this page. And she proceeded to scroll through three pages that were just links um, until she could find it. So then we had a conversation about executive function support for her and for everybody else, but just in general. So... What do you guys think? Oh, great. That's cool. We don't have to talk about what I had. We can talk about whatever you guys want. <laughs> well, we've been doing a lot of adjusting the visual schedules that were in the classroom to the new normal routine mm -hmm. um, because I think that that once we found a good tool that works, it's also, again, it's one of those things that's been very helpful for parents because they have... Um, they have now been able to see how do we implement it. It's great because our, our parents, other people are able to kind of show them, hey, this is how we use this, but we've readjusted it. And, and I know OTs have done some other visual supports or, or like following direction schedules for certain activities that, you know, the new like, here's how you participate in a, you know, an online class kind of here are the five things you need to do during your on online class to kind of support that. And I know with our high schoolers, we really worked at, okay, especially like our high school juniors and seniors, like how do you make your priority list of what needs to get done and what support do you need to do A, B, and C that might look a little different than what would be the support if you were still going to a school. I mean, we've got kids who are trying to, you know, make sure they get their credits. And that's a super important thing. And, and the turning in and getting back feedback on assignments doesn't always go as quickly as we want. Um, so, you know, hopefully we, uh, you know, hopefully we're giving them some EF support during that time to just be able to prioritize. Because I think that's one big shift, especially our high school kids are having to kind of figure out because there isn't that consistent like walk in look at the board see my agenda kind of routine that they're used to it's a very different routine yeah that that's my thought too you're right because they they take those those environmental cues a lot of times um, to support themselves and if those aren't expressly shared from a teacher they might go missing those little prompts and so thinking about how we do that and what it looks like um, is, I think, even more critical. Because even, even the people that are using Google Classroom will say, oh, well, Google Classroom will drop it in your calendar and everything's all good. Well, not particularly. Um, not all the time and not for everybody. Uh, they might need a different system and a different structure. Um, and, you know, like, like Alyssa said, making those visual schedules and those... Um, task boards and anything that helps um, with the completion of a task and how they do something is so important and so needed right now. And you're a good, you're a prime example. My... Who's a prime example? Me? That would be you with your grid behind you. Oh, with yeah. my wall grid? Yeah. yeah, that's a great example of, you know. It's low tech. <laughs> that's low right. Tech. This is Marby. I have two thoughts yeah. about this part of the conversation. One is, um, this has brought to light something we've been working with teachers on a lot um, to mixed success, but the idea of how are students organizing their files and for our students, their, um, their Google Doc files often look like the messy backpack. They're just like all a mess. They're not named conventionally. They're not organized by subject. And um, so this is a time where we've been able to support teachers to, that can be something they do now is like, Organize your files, make a file for this year, make a folder for every class, um, begin to name your documents in a conventional way so that you can find them. And I think because of our distance learning, it's causing teachers to realize, 
oh, that is important. And that's something we might have to do explicit instruction about because students just don't naturally um, many times come up with a good document organizational system with their digital documents. Right. Um, so that's one thing. Another thing related to um, um, organizing kind of like Mike's board in the back is one of my friends and neighbors who has a, a child with autism um, shared about making a Kanban board. And um, I'll look that up and send the link, but it's um, used in a lot of software development groups and other high tech organizations, but it's a really simple low tech way to have um, columns with um, things you need to work on, work that's in progress, and then um, things that have been completed. And it's, it's simple, but it's visual. And um, she posted how she's using it with her son who has autism at home. And that's been really nice to see that. And I liked it so much that I made one and it's up on my board in my um, extra bedroom turned office space. Um, and I'm finding it really helpful. Instead of having all these little pieces of paper around or my notebook, like I can see it and it's helping me kind of track what needs to be done. And um, Lauren and I worked with teachers about this a couple weeks ago. And because we had a request for like a special app to do this and we're like, no, go simple, go low tech, like get out some things that you have already in your house, get out sticky notes, get out magic markers, um, make it simple so that the student can really take ownership and drive. Yeah, there you go. Exactly, Mike. <laughs> That's exactly right. Um, so we're trying to encourage people like go, go old school because sometimes that's going to work the best. Yeah, I agree. And it's, and it's an easy choice to people, right? I think if we were in a different situation now, I don't think I'd have the board on the wall because I would be out and about and moving yeah. around and flying all kinds of places. So it would live online and I would suffer through it. Yeah. And I would, and I would write notes for myself in my Google keep on my phone. But now, since I sit at the same desk every day for what feels like 18 hours a day, um, it gets written on post-it notes now, and it gets resolved, and then I get to rip them up, which is fun, too. Um, so just that idea of, you know, different strategies to do different things, um, and the environment really playing a factor in some of this now. I just, I just went super low-tech and yeah. purchased a dry erase calendar, huge one for the family. There you go. To color code who does what, and my next step is little QR codes for the 20 links my seven-year-old needs to get to independently. Nice. Um, so uh, we'll go in old school to help keep yeah. organizing the family. Old school with a touch of a touch of a new school stuff. Yeah, I a little like bit of new school, and yeah. if it works, I'm going to send it to the to the school and say, hey. Some QR codes or bit.ly links for these things for the little guys. If you're not going to have any type of digital learning management type system, yeah. it might be helpful for families to stay yeah. organized in the house. For sure. Because again, everybody's everybody's kind of trying to struggle their way through this. This is like a whole other second tier of organization we're all having on ourselves. I have work things I need to complete, then home things I need to complete on top of it. And the families have the same issues. And mm -hmm. we need to think about that. Yeah, another thing that we talked about um, was being like really um, clear about what the student, what the expectation, who they're working with. Mm -hmm. Like, mommy's in a meeting now, this is independent work, or you're working with daddy, or you're working with your brother, or whatever, you know, and then clearly having that as part of the visual schedule so they know who they can go to for support. Mm -hmm. So they're not like, you know, knocking on the door, like, you're supposed to be helping me now, and, and making that part of the schedule too, like communicating mm -hmm. the staff person who's working <laughs> with them. <laughs> your support dad. person on call. <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> it's so true, though. Um, Patty dropped in a question a while back, and I saw it, but it got lost, so I'll come back to it. Um, how did everyone go about getting the word out about your AT office hours for teachers and parents in your districts? How did you communicate that? Oh, so see, I didn't see you typed it, Lauren. Sorry. But go ahead. Who was going to talk? Kelly? Yeah, so this is Kelly. So we just put it all over social media and uh, a newsletter, and then it just spread like wildfire. So it was just trying to meet the outlets that the schools were probably already using and sending them out that way. 
Yeah, ours in our school was was emails that were going home on a consistent basis from the um, child study team. They just linked our schedule to it. So our schedule has been decided for the past like three weeks, four weeks, maybe five now. I don't know. It's been decided for a while. Um, and it's just here's where we'll be and when we'll be there. And what we've been dropping in every every uh, week or so um, is we we've gone from just the I'm here to talk if you want to chat and we just kind of sit back and have a conversation whatever comes up now we've made a move with these with these parent sessions and the, with some of the staff ones too to we're still here to just sit and chat but we've also prepared like 15 minutes of something we want to show you because we think it might help and so we're trying to give people little bite-sized nuggets of something in addition to just the kind of open sharing uh, and we're promoting that to people and saying oh Remember that thing we talked about that everybody has? We have this program that works and it reads things and it's a graphic organizer and it does this great stuff on the computer. We're gonna show you about that tonight. We're gonna spend 15 minutes on it, how you get to it, how you open it up, how you use it. And that's it. Um, and then we just open it up for questions as well. Well, we did something kind of cool. Um, so Marby and I work in the same school division and our first week we had one and it was sort of maybe by accident she might have just been calling Marby for some support and it was during the office hours so we made her come on. Come on over. <laughs> That'll teach her. <laughs> we had one that week and then um, last week we decided to um, plan a guided conversation mm -hmm. on Tuesday and then have the open office hour on Wednesday. So on Tuesday and now it's kind of like morphed into what we call Tuesday at two. And we have um, a guided conversation. So it was AAC and distance learning last week. And then we had a couple people um, come. What do we have, Marby? Two? Office hours? Yeah. yeah. We had, then we had two people yeah. for office hours the next day who had, which was great because they were follow-ups from things that came up during the, um, the guided conversation. Perfect. And we had like, and it's twice one. as many as the first one. Exactly. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was awesome. We'll just use that as our performance review, right there. Who's that on your review? Yeah, it's not about numbers; it's about percentages. You went up a hundred percent. Exactly. Um, and then, how many do we have at the guided conversation? It was like twenty. We had twenty-three people at the guided conversation, awesome. which was really fabulous. That's great. Yeah. And they were. Um, some people were sharing. So you know, uh, I, we like to have a few more people, like maybe find some point people and say, "Could you share this?" Mm -hmm. And we called a couple people out in the meeting, you know, nicely, and said, "Could you share that great thing that you were doing with the student before the closure and how you've continued to do that now?" Um, and so that was good because it got some people talking and not just us talking, like another SLP example to SLPs mm -hmm. or teacher example or whatever. And um, so that went really well. And then I think it drummed up a little bit of business for Wednesday. And then now we've instituted these guided conversations um, these Tuesdays at two. And so for three more weeks, so we have one on, Marby, remind me. We have, um, uh, tomorrow we're doing aided language input. Yeah. And then another week we're doing coaching um, for AAC use. And then another week we were gonna look at um, how Flipgrid is a platform that our county uses. So we, a third week we're gonna look at how to use Flipgrid um, with the students and their AACs. Mm -hmm. Nice. So we got May covered. Nice job. And we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> and, and Linda asked, how long are your guided sessions? Um, an, we hour. Do one hour. Mm -hmm. an hour. An hour? Yeah. 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 And it's similar to people hung in there I would say for the majority mm -hmm. yeah and we did Mike something similar to what you said that we had a little bit prepared we had yeah. a little bit of structure um, and we had some resources we knew we wanted to share um, but we didn't over plan it we it wasn't over structured it really was a conversation that we um, kind of let it flow and we threw in those um, those pieces when it kind of was part of what the conversation was yeah, I think it's a good plan, right? I think if you plan too much, people start to feel like that's work again. 
Yeah. As opposed to just having this back and forth, which I think is great. So yeah, finding that balance a little bit of being ready to show something if it starts to wane a bit mm-hmm. or have things that might fit into the conversation, like little a little something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. We oh. showed um, Sarah when we we started our meeting. Sarah Gregory, we were showing your video of how to um, run parallels and how to do modeling, and so we were doing that. And somebody came on to our office hours, and you're like, "Oh, what what's that thing that you were just showing? Can you put that in the chat?" So um, it was really awesome. So thank you so mm-hmm. much. I've been using your YouTube channel a ton, and your videos are just on point with helping people, and they're short enough that people can follow them and step by step. So yay! Mm-hmm. Thank you. That. Thanks Sarah. for sharing that, Lauren. That's awesome. That was great. Look at that, Sarah. That was good stuff right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, maybe you could put your link in the chat box again for just this week. Yeah, sure. If anyone doesn't have that yet. Nice job, Kelly. Kelly runs a tight ship, man. I just sit back, just kind of hanging out. Uh-huh. <laughs> Always serious here with me. Yeah, she's Always. got that serious. She's like, boom, put that in the window. That was good. Did you guys hear about um, Wakelet and Teams? Like they're now integrated. Did any, is anybody using that? Yes, I use it a ton. Um, I'm not a high Teams user, but I am a Wakelet ambassador. So um, it is an amazing integration. They've done. A, they've had some good Microsoft integration in terms of um, being able to read aloud using Microsoft tools for a while. Um, and now you can you can do some really easy, quick in terms of sharing in and out. Um, with with uh your team so yeah it's it's amazing and there is a video i'll try to go find it real quick it's on um wakelet's twitter that they released that it is is very short and concise about um the integration with teams awesome okay cool i was thinking too jennifer when you were talking about like having a qr code or something because our students use um we're all microsoft teams as our platform um trying to think of how to in it like have all those links in one spot for everybody mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what an easy way to share and have parents find them mm-hmm. yeah right that that's so really challenging yeah yeah, it's great. And it right, it's oh it's always again, it's another balance. It's like, oh, we have all these cool things we want to show you, but I don't want to show you four hundred different things. And, and so maybe I'll show you a hundred things. No, I won't even. But you know, that idea of let me show you a quarter of what I have. Yeah. Um, That's kind of like um I think what's gonna help our guided conversations is we're having a topic. Mm-hmm. Um I think we might get a little bit more participation because people are interested oh yeah that's something that i want to work on or i want to know more about and um is i think that might help um our participation a little bit yeah and, and marby don't you see it's like kind of it's a progression you guys have had yeah right it started as we'll talk about anything you want and now it's it's moving and it's it's kind of rolling along with that then we have some got some stuff that we're going to talk about and then we have open now we have some guiding conversation yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great. I think it's a great kind of progression as you move through it. I think our um, supervisors have really liked that we're doing it too because um, it's a model that no other specialists in our county are using yet, and so um, I think we're trailblazing a little bit in our county how to be more available to teachers yeah. as a specialist by having some of these open times and targeted conversations, and so we're hopeful. Um, that the um, the vision specialists, the deaf and hard of hearing teachers, right. the um, autism specialists might also consider doing this so that um, people can have them more available as resources during this time when you're not like passing by somebody's desk or giving them a quick call on their phone. And so it was also yeah. interesting because our um, our very chatty SLPs, me being one of them. Normally when we meet face to face are like, we're like, okay guys, we gotta start our meeting. You know, everybody's like bup, 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 talking and it was like dead silence. Yeah. And so we had to say to them like, you gotta open your cameras, you gotta open your mics. Like, we wanna see you, you know, be present. It's okay, we don't care if you're eating lunch. And kind of some of that was like breaking down a little bit of the barrier and they're still really quiet. like. They're just lurking. They're not, um, some of them are not 
they're like, oh, I need to go to this because I want to hear about this, but they're like not comfortable yet. So mm -hmm. um, it's getting a little bit better. Mm -hmm. And when I first met with them about a month ago, I think I told you guys that SLPs were like, they were like silent. Yeah. Like, what's wrong? Are they just, are they really traumatized? Like, <laughs> are they just so stressed out that they can't even engage and they're just so overwhelmed with how many meetings and I kept saying like we're here for you guys you know I could just sit here but you know it's it's for you what do you want to know how can I help you make your life easier you know has anyone is anyone using Voxer I go back to this every once in a while um, and it's like a social media app um, but it's audio and you leave audio clips for each other and you're in like a chat, but the chat is audio. So someone puts a, 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 a little, uh, they call it a walkie talkie app because you basically hit the button and you leave a message and then everybody gets it. But you can have these little like audio conversations. Um, mm. And when I can get a team to be comfortable with the tech, they do a lot of chatting on that because it's mm -hmm. just little audio blurbs. But I think just like you said, Lauren, it's getting people comfortable with that medium and figuring out how they're going to do that. Um, and to go with what Marvie said before, um, you are trailblazing and we've already made the decision earlier in this hour that this is not going away. It's going to have some form of this when we see each other in September. Um, we need to be prepared for that because this might be the way that staff meetings happen or collaborations happen with teams or coaching mm -hmm. uh, happens. And so I think all of these things are good experiences we're having and it's now finding a way to get people comfortable. Mm -hmm. so they will participate. I wonder Mike with Voxer, I remember you, I forgot what you used that for a long time ago. Anyway, I remember downloading it. I wonder if that's something that you could, you could, um, you could set up. <laughs> Let me write myself a note. I'm listening. Go ahead. All right, I'm all set. Let me hear. Kelly, we did. We used Voxer for the AT Chat book study last oh, summer. That's yeah. what you remember that from. Okay. Um, and the one barrier I know we ran into was it doesn't transcribe the audio. Right. It's mm -hmm. just audio. It's just okay. audio. Yeah. So I know when I went to our district and said, hey, how about we want to look at trying that? That was one of the barriers that they came back to with yeah. me, back to me with, which is a reasonable barrier. Sure. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, you know yeah. what we, you know what you could do now though, is you could take that Voxer if you were on your computer and you could run it through something like Otter and it would automatically transcribe it, you could take the audio out, which would be kind of cool. All right, so yeah. go ahead, Kelly. I'm listening anyway. Go ahead. Well, I was going to suggest that maybe in lieu of the town hall meetups that you'll probably eventually stop if there was another platform that was different than mm. that what people are using so we can kind of model a way to keep in contact with others. But um I don't know, just thinking out loud. But there's also Flipgrid that does captionings. And I think right, Jen put right. in Marco Polo. I wish Marco Polo, I've been tweeting them, asking them to put live captions on Marco Polo, which darn, oh, they don't cool. have. That would be awesome. A, it's almost like a traveling town hall. So you think about yeah. folks being in town halls, so we can see and talk to each other. Right. Yeah, I love that app. We, A group of my friends, we do that. I like that Kelly's volunteering Mike to do something. I, I and, I, and I like that I wrote it down. Like I should have just ignored her and then set her camera off. Like I don't know why I wrote it down. Like I'm yeah. going to do it. I like to share the volunteered wealth. It's fun. I'm writing on the bottom of this, and you're not going to be able to see it. Well, maybe you are, because I'm going to write it clear. At the very bottom of the note, I'm going to write. I'm going to work with Alyssa on this. Awesome. And Kelly. I was going to say, wait a second. How come yeah, I got... You were in my mind because you, you called me out, but it, it, uh, Kelly was just the, the reason I had to write this dumb I note. I thought All I right. had already completed my voluntold task for the month. And I'm going to put this <laughs> in the pile of my other ones. Here they are. I got to keep it traditional. I got to volunteer someone Thank each you. week. So watch out, all that. of you. It's, all no, stuff. it's Chris. It's always Chris. It's always Chris. I thought we had all agreed on that. Until Chris shows up again, it's always Chris.
It didn't work out for me though. We, between yeah. AT Chat and this, we had voluntold and Chris just, does, just keeps not coming. Yeah, he hasn't come back since. Yeah, the guy just keeps skating by, and he's just like he's not very busy at all. Yeah. So speaking right. of volun speaking of voluntold, if we can just reflect on last week. So there's two things that I really enjoyed last week, and one was the AT chat. So yes. if you were there, thanks. You know, letting all of us run it in kind of an out of box way. That was awesome. so much fun. That was so much fun that night. Um, and then for Judy and Alyssa's webinar was incredible. Oh, and I am so you. thankful. And if, if you have not seen that, Alyssa, you should put the link in the chat box. Yeah. I could, but Mike put the link up and I have to find where it is. It's on Mike's page. Do you guys care? Wait, I'll, let me bounce out. I've been trying to not get it because I don't want to bounce out into another tab. But here you go. Let me find I'll find it. Yeah, it was it was uh, really, really great. And It was I mean, really great. Yeah, it really was. So thanks for doing that. That really worked out. And yeah, so awesome. they're talking about doing a part two. And uh, Cassie and I have already voted that a part two would be really great. Well, because I commented very positively on the fact that I did not see the Zoom lean and I saw very good posture from both of them. It was very nice to see. It was great. I said it right then and I didn't acknowledge it, but I did sit up slightly. I just I wanted to not be dramatic about it. <laughs> I'm watching now. I'm always watching, but no, I, I'm grateful Mike was willing to host it, and now he's gonna put the link up. He dropped it up in YouTube, so um, you guys can have access to it. That's great. Um, and if there's interest for part two, um, I'm not sure where Judy is in her uh, move, but she was more than willing to uh, to do a part two if it would be of help. We just got to get her to be in one city for a little bit. Yeah, no, that was it was great. It was good information. It was really good information. I liked it a lot. Um, yes, I love so, how yes. Lauren. I love how Lauren put in the chat box that AT Chat was like a fun night at ATI after party. Well, well described. <laughs> yeah, that was. I agree. Yeah, I think that's the way it was. It was perfect. I that was and and we did definitely break a record. I looked at some of the wakelets from the past. It was five hundred and twenty-five tweets for the hour. Fun. Of just nonsense, and that's perfect. Right. <laughs> he <did> that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Before we finish, can I run an idea by people that maybe folks can play with and maybe help yes. me with? If that's okay. Please. Um, so I want to get uh, translation into Zoom, and uh, Alyssa had this great handout on uh, doing translation in Google Meet. So I opened a Google Meet in uh, and and put it in a strip, turned on closed caption, turned on translate, and then dragged it over to a Zoom meeting. And it translated Spanish into English, but what I really wanted it for is Japanese because I train martial arts. And mm -hmm. we're doing, uh, we have some teachers from Japan and I wanted the ability to see what they were saying. So I don't know if, the Spanish was just a one-time uh, thing uh, when I, but uh, anyway, it seemed like it worked, at least in that language. So at least for me, a lot of this stuff is like tinker toys. It's like, yeah. what can I put together with them? So it wasn't hard to do, just start a, an empty uh, Google Meet and then turn on closed caption, right click to set translate on and then drag it into the window where you have Zoom. Has anyone yeah, tried I that think, before? I think Kelly's right. I think Web Captioner would do it natively in Zoom. Is that is that what you were thinking, Kelly? Is that the one you have to pay for? No, so Web Captioner is free. And Mike, I was gonna, I don't know if you know, but I was looking at the languages, but it would be basically if you're using, um, you would have it behind your presentation. So if you have your Google slides up your or Zoom up, you would have your screen shared and it would be behind your presentation, if that makes sense. The tab would, web captioner tab would be behind whatever you have shared. Yeah, I'll have to place, the, the thing is I need to do it without screen sharing because it's the teacher who's the important part there. I'm just looking for a way to get translation so I can see it, I'm not worried about the the group per se, many of them do speak Japanese. So it should pick up your um, your microphone on from the screen and still work and not be actually in the tab. I'll try it. I don't know okay. if that made any sense, but. No, it makes sense. And you said it's a web cap captioner? 
It's called Web Captioner, yeah, and I just put the link in the um, chat. Great. I, I just put it on. Out. I just put it on, Bruce. So if you look at the screen, I, I opened it up. I opened up this meeting in Web Captioner. Let me get yeah. rid of some of these. I got 47 windows open. Wait a second. And I will say, I'm trying it right now, and everything that you all are saying is popping up in Web Captioner for me. And I didn't. I'm not even in the Zoom. I'm not sharing my screen, obviously. So it might work. Great. And there's a. And you can you specify which language? I, I assume you specify which language you want it translated yes. into. That's how you use translate. Yeah. Can yep. you can you weight it towards a specific language? Like tell it to expect Japanese. Yeah. Yes. That's what Mike's doing. I think right now. I'm I don't trying. Know. I don't know what's going to happen, but let's see. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> well, all all your screen. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because I'm you're not speaking. Uh, yeah. Because I translated the language that was coming into it. Uh huh. In Japanese. It, in Japanese. Yeah. So it's not going to put it out in Japanese. It's going to put it right. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll play with that. Thank you. I thought I thought one of you guys might know of a more elegant solution than what I was trying. Yeah, this seems like a pretty cool solution. I like this. It's a it's a good option. All right. Thank you. I mean, uh, from, from a work standpoint, we have a lot of Spanish speaking families and it would be nice if it was possible to do like uh, a meeting with them without necessarily having a, some some low stakes meeting without having an interpreter on the line as well. Right. Mm -hmm. so I'll look in, into that because one one of my districts only uses Zoom. Okay. Could you also exactly. use? Um, could you also use? Um, is it Otter Eye? Otter AI. Yeah. Otter uh, uh, AI. I I don't think you have to be in because they're now pretty nicely integrated with Zoom. I'm wondering if yeah. we would be more friendly in working with Zoom just to in terms of the interface and such since they are Zoom. Yeah, even if you didn't have it with integrated with Zoom, if you just had your own tab open and had the right. translation on, I wonder. I spell that. <laughs> o T T E R, otter like the animal, and gotcha. then I think it's just dot AI. It is. It's yeah, it's dot AI. Great. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Try that and see what happens. I'll put the link in the chat box. Oh, thank you. Awesome. All right. There you go. So what did Bruce give us? Homework. That's homework. That's nice. <laughs> no, this is a, this is a, I didn't say it was bad homework. I said it's, it's homework, but it's fun though. It's all right. Consulting with the geek squad. Yeah, exactly. The, you, you don't see anybody complaining. I'm like, oh, I'll play around with that. That's much better than this dumb voluntold thing I got. <laughs> we need like a, we need like a, a sign or something for the geek squad. What, what should our AT us? We need some kind of a our, hand ours is, sign. Ours is called the A-team. Uh, I did a whole pseudo uh, nice. mock-up history of the original A team, <laughs> how we were helping with assistive tech. I think they finally pulled that off the web page. <laughs> I think it's embarrassing, I think but I enjoyed the, it. The, the the majority of the younger speech therapists and OTs and PTs that they don't they don't know the A team. It's very uh, sad. It is kind I'm of sad. A fool. <laughs> right? Well, then I don't really want to talk to them that much if they don't know the A team. It's just they're they're just a different generation. Yeah, well, all right. Have you had the experience of talking to a student that, and they don't know who the Beatles are? That that one really, really <laughs> made me gotcha. feel very very old. I will use a movie reference every once in a while and realize that not everybody is in the same generation of movies yeah. I was and have to go. Oh wait, you've never. Oh, I'm so sorry, you've never seen that. The most important thing is, did it make you smile though? Oh, of course. Don't yeah. matter. <laughs> Anybody I think else? It was like, I think it was a middle school kid, and I think it was Goonies. And I was like, you need to go tell your mom you need to watch Goonies. <laughs> I got saved. I used MacGyver in one of my webinars. And then I'm like, oh, gosh, I think I just aged myself. And someone's like, That's oh, no, right. MacGyver's fairly new. I'm like, okay, you're I'm talking about the original MacGyver, but That's I'm amazing. glad there's a new one. <laughs> Coming back around again. So it's You just got to hold on, and everything comes back around. It's fine. <laughs> All our old references become new again or that way with our 16 year old our rule is when we come up with something go, oh no we failed you we need to go watch this <laughs> yep that's right i have hey. failed as a parent let me go correct that in some way yep. yes cass you're absolutely right <laughs> we buy a lot of older movies hey, you gotta do it until you watch grease 
and want your kids to see that. And you're like, oh gosh, my parents let me watch this. Like you look at it now, you're like all these things that are in the little innuendos and yeah. We, we may have, have done that, that. What does that mean? Uh, uh, Nothing. That's a great movie. <laughs> that and and we started my niece and nephew early on the Princess Bride. There you mm. go, another great movie. And she didn't understand. My niece did not get it. Did not think it was funny. And then, like the fifth time we watched it, then like the next year, she wanted a Princess Bride birthday party. Yeah. So, like my job here as an aunt is done. Right. You've done what you needed to do. Now move on and go correct someone else somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's one oh five. I guess we should go back and do some other work. <laughs> Have fun opening those tools, Marada. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, oh, it's going to be the best. <laughs> I'm, I'm really, I'm going to, I'm going to do it right now. It's going to be my lunch break right now. Yay. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, it's been a pleasure. Have a good week. Join us on Wednesday for AT chat. Who knows what the heck we're going to talk about. Karen and I will figure it out tomorrow. Um, if you have an idea, shoot it over. We're game. Uh, will Volen told you to participate and help. <laughs> But either way. All right, right, guys. Bye. Have a good week. See you later. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and leave a review. Do you have an idea for a future episode? Leave an audio message via SpeakPipe at speakpipe.com slash ITS podcast with your suggestion. It may appear on an upcoming episode. To stay current on all things inclusive and assistive technology, follow Mike on Twitter at MMATP and visit his website at MMATP.com for inclusive technology resources and all the previous podcast episodes.